There is a similar case around the same time in Münsterberg, Silesia, which is modern-day Poland. Around Christmas time, uh, a beggar by the name of Vincenz Olivier comes through the city, knocks on doors, asking people for a couple of pennies, and it's going pretty well for him so far. When he knocks on a house with the number 10, an old bearded man opens the door. The beggar does his thing, and the old man responds that he won't give him money, but he can earn himself 20 pennies if he writes a couple of sentences for him. Not something unusual since illiteracy wasn't uncommon in the countryside. Uh, Olivier thinks to himself this is easy money and happily accepts the invitation into the small house. He sits down at the kitchen table, gets handed some paper and a pencil. The old man, meanwhile, is standing behind him and begins to dictate the sentence, Adolf, you fat pig. The guy sitting at the table isn't sure he heard that correctly and turns around and as he does this, he sees the old man hovering over him, lifting a giant pickaxe over his head. The pickaxe comes whizzing down, but because the beggar had turned around, instead of splitting his head right open, it only hits his temple. He tumbles a bit, but is able to wrestle the pickaxe away from the old guy, runs outside and just starts screaming, a crazy man wants to kill me. The neighbors hear that and call the police, which is, again, unimpressed. Doesn't believe a word of what Olivier is saying. The old guy, whose name is Karl Denke, has been living there forever, is part of the community, and the guy accusing him is a beggar, a vagabond. So instead of arresting Denke, they arrest Olivier and drag him in front of a judge who sentences him to two weeks in prison for begging. But, but, while Olivier sits in prison, the judge begins to wonder if there might be more to the story than some beggar making things up. He does have a pretty big wound on his head after all. The judge decides to at least question Denke to get his side of the story, but before he's able to do that, Denke kills himself in his cell after police pick him up from his home. Well, case closed, whatever. But they still have the body of the old guy in their cell and someone needs to pay for his funeral. After unsuccessfully searching for relatives willing to pay the funeral costs, they decide to search his house for stuff they can turn into money. When entering the tiny house, instead of finding valuables, something else grabs their attention. Apparently, this old man has a bunch of tall barrels right next to his bed. The type of barrel you would use to pickle something to make it last longer. And when they open these barrels, they are bursting with meat. At this point, you can probably guess what kind of meat. In his shed, the police find 420 teeth, as well as nearly 500 bones. They also find suspenders and laces made from human skin. Apparently, Denke used these laces to manufacture baskets he sold on the weekly market on Town Square, as well as other stuff to unknowing customers. A thorough investigation reveals that this old man had been sitting in his house, one article says, like a spider in its web, for over two decades, waiting for beggars and other people passing by, and ended up killing at least 42 people. He detailed his murders in a ledger containing the names of his victims, the date he killed them, and their weight. The last entry in that ledger is incomplete, though. It only contains a name, the name of Vincent Oliver, the beggar who narrowly escaped him. So while Olivier was in his house, Denke already wrote him down as his next victim. 
Dinka's neighbors are dumbfounded that all of this was happening under their nose, basically. While they did hear him sawing stuff and making a lot of noises late at night, they didn't think much of it, apparently. Some even witnessed him emptying buckets of blood in his backyard on the regular. But again, these were the interwar years where food was sometimes hard to come by, so they assumed he was killing and processing stray dogs. This case becomes public four days before Fritz Hamann in Hannover gets sentenced to death. So you can imagine the anxious public hearing of these horrific cases, not understanding what is happening in their country. A couple hundred miles away in the summer of 1921, the women of Berlin...